1025. It's time to talk football. It's Clyde One Super Scoreboard. Good evening and welcome to Super Scoreboard. Scott McKenna thinks Steve Clark will have Scotland surprising a few. The women's team have touched down in France and Celtic reveal plans for another state-of-the-art training centre. Yes, and uh, how many new signings will Celtic bring in and be a part of that new training centre at Barrafield? Um, Alison, they have been linked with several players this morning, not players from the, the leaked uh, documents that appeared online, but players from elsewhere, including... Brandon Barker, who Neil Lennon had on loan at Hibs from Manchester City a couple of years ago. And for Scotland, we are one day closer to the big game on Saturday night. Scotland v Cyprus, what team selection is Steve Clark going to go for? And as you said there, the women's team have touched down in France. We're all looking forward to Sunday, Scotland v England, the World Cup. I'm Alison Conroy and joining me until 7 o'clock tonight is Mark Guidi. Remember, you can give us a call on 01419511025 or you can tweet us at Clyde SSB. Mark, it is the summer, but the football never stops. And as you say, we're looking forward to these Scotland games this weekend. We'll start with the, the Scotland men's game on yep. Saturday night at Hamden. Yeah, I mean, you know, since the appointment of, of Steve Clark, you know, it's been very positive. We're all expecting a bumper crowd. On um, Saturday night at Hamden, Alison, it's important to get a victory to keep. You know, I, th- I think we've got nothing more than a slender chance of qualification mm. from that section. But still, you know, it's important to go and show that, that you that you can win games such as Cyprus at home. And uh, like I say, we'll just be all interested to see Steve Clark's um, first uh, national team that he picked. He was very much a four-two-three-one man uh, at Kilmarnock. So will he go for the same formation? Well, Aberdeen defender Scott McKenna believes Steve Clark will have Scotland punching above their weight. He, of course, takes charge for the first time this Saturday against Cyprus before taking the side to Belgium to complete their Euro qualifying double header. And McKenna thinks he takes over with some good ideas. They were very organised and, and difficult to break down. And if one thing wasn't working, you had to try try a couple of different things, whether it was getting it down the sides. But they were always hard to break down. And there was there was very few game, uh, goals in the games between uh, Kilmarnock and Aberdeen this year. And obviously, with the season they had. He was uh, it clearly worked for them the tactics that he went with. Keeping clean sheets and, and not conceding goals is, is a great platform to, to try and do well in campaigns and hopefully once with that implemented we, we can go and do that for the, the games coming up. I think we had all seen what he'd done with Kilmarnock during the season and we we'll hope that he, he can bring that to us and and give us that we obviously Kilmarnock punched above their weight, so hopefully we can go and do that too. Thinking if Steve Clark brings what he had with Kilmarnock, they can yeah. punch above their weight as as Scotland need to be doing. Yeah, they, they need to be. And uh, Alison said many times in the in the program. I, you know, I probably watched Kilmarnock fourteen, fifteen times uh, yeah. last season under Steve Clark. And, and I said the thing that excites me yet yeah, they, they punched above their weight. You get the very best out of players. You know, revitalise Chris Buck. You know, Chris Boyd the previous season had a belt up. You know, for with the greatest respect. You know, just honest central defenders they get brilliant partnerships um, going um, to and really you know Stephen O'Donnell and, and Greg Taylor both fullbacks. so they were great but the thing for me that, that makes me you know quite excited about the future for Scotland is that they played attractive football they were entertaining it wasn't like they were grinding out results yeah. and they were born to watch they got results by playing football the proper way that's why Kilmarnock's crowds doubled in 18 months mm. it went from three, three and a half thousand to, to seven, seven and a half thousand so listen all, all the signs are there but it's going to be difficult not an easy job at all uh, and you know Steve takes over the job in a 
and a minus three position if you like because we would have expected really yeah, to, yeah. to go and beat Kazakhstan and that's why I don't hold up much out that will qualify from the section that said I do expect Steve Clark to guide us through the playoffs How much more positivity do you sense going into this game on Saturday night there just seems to be a much bigger feel good factor yeah. about this than there would have been say six months ago Yeah I mean well, you know, the, the proof will be there on Saturday night um, Alison you know 15-20 you know, minutes before kick off and we see what kind of, kind of crowd but I would expect, you know, had they not brought in Steve Clark, um, the crowd would have been, I'm guessing, in the region of 20,000. Mm-hmm. But I think now you're looking at adding 20,000 on it. I think you'll get a crowd of around 40,000. Now, if you look at that, 20,000 people, an average of whatever it is, 25 quid um, a ticket, you know, do the sums. Is that uh, is that half a million pounds? Yeah. Um, already? Maybe it's not. Maybe not as much. I'm not going to calculate it. <laughs> can do that quickly. We'll, we'll work that out quickly. But when you look at that and just the, for the for the players themselves going out to a, a, a stadium with 40,000 in it rather than 20,000, a wee bit of apathy, there's uh-huh. a lot of positivity and that can make all the difference on Saturday night. It was interesting. Scott McKenna said that they could learn from, from the women's team. They got that record crowd last Tuesday against Jamaica yep. okay it was 18,500 but in terms of what the women's team were getting that was a massive crowd and he says that they need to be doing that to attract the fans back to watch them as well yeah ab- absolutely I think my tick was right by the way around about half a million quid so there you go <laughs> um, and uh, yeah I was one of the the lucky ones last um, Tuesday night mm-hmm. at Hamden thoroughly enjoyed it it was it was terrific um, the standard was was very good and let him say I'm not saying that I don't want to be coming across as being Patronising compared to me, I'm, I'm being you know, mm. yeah, it was Some you know, great proper goals. football, yeah, it really was. I mean, the, the opening goals, Erin Cuthbert, the opening goal, um, you know, brilliant. So, yeah, um, it was good to be a part of it. Was good that Steve Clark was there watching it too. And absolutely, when you look now at the media coverage for the past sort of two weeks since the domestic season finished, yeah. it's been wall to wall for the women's national team, and rightly so. And I think everybody. Uh, is buying into it and that can only give the, the, the guys team you know um, optimism as well and what they might do you can imagine if they qualify for the Euros next summer yeah. what like it's going to be we'll hear from Lee Alexander later on in the show but staying with the, the men's squad and it is of course a larger squad that Steve Clark has selected meaning competitions for places is higher and Scott McKenna is hoping his experience will help him a little bit obviously I've got a few more caps than I did, I did last year but I still come in knowing that I need to do my best in training every every session to try and try and get in the manager's thoughts to start the games and uh, that'll be something I'm looking to do. But in terms of just feeling more comfortable around the boys, I definitely from obviously just being in a few more squads it, it comes more natural. Obviously when you come away with Scotland there's a lot more about trying to keep the ball ball attention than there is maybe at Aberdeen so and the boys round about you don't accept you're not giving them the ball or when you play a long ball you, you get in trouble so not in trouble but they get on get on you and say like give me it but that's probably something that's different to the SPL where maybe it's a wee bit more direct it's probably just looking after the ball and trying to be tidy on it Do you see Scott McKenna as one of those that will start against Cyprus on Saturday? Uh, yes I do uh, I mean I think you're probably looking at a, a John Souter Scott McKenna mm-hmm. partnership unless I'm I'm missing somebody um, probably Stephen O'Donnell at right back Andy Robertson obviously at left back your goalkeeper you know you, you probably say Scott Bain however you know, I'm wondering about David Marshall, your quality goalkeeper, and the he's fact that he's come back. back yeah, is, is David Marshall coming back to sit on the bench? I'm not so sure. So that would be an interesting choice as well. Who the, who the number one's going to be? And again, it comes down to we've, we've got great options in the middle of the park, the central midfield area. Um, but it'll be interesting to see who selects as his number nine. Johnny Russell's in good form, mm-hmm. Burnley, but yeah, that will be an interesting one. The number nine. 
Remember, you can give us a call tonight 01419511025. We'll get Ian from Greenock on the line. Hello, Ian. Well, how are you doing, Alison? How are you doing, Mark? I'm actually Hi, working Ian. in northwest London. Uh, and Mark, you're spot on with your figures. 500,000. Brilliant, <laughs> thanks for that. <laughs> Calculate on my phone. I, I don't know. Actually, I, no, I've done it in my head. So I did when you, well, when you were phone to Alison about it. But anyway... I've I've got a couple of points, Alison. If I sorry, I know it's only an hour, but I'm not going to be I'm not going to be on until. <laughs> <laughs> on you go. Anyway, congratulations to the the women's team getting to the World Cup finals. Mm-hmm. I think it's the first World Cup final. Yep. Uh, I think they got the European Championship finals. Yeah, Euro twenty seventeen over there. Yeah. So I watched the game last week. What an advert for football! Um, five five top class goals and the three Scotland goals. Aaron Cuthbert's the first one, long range shot, world class. Free kick for I think it was Kim Weir. Um made it Caroline two Weir, yeah. I made it two one. Caroline Weir made it two one and then they equalised and then they get a one over the header, the substitute. But no, Shelley Kerr's done a wonderful job. And uh, I'll be watching them on Sunday. Uh, against England. But get on to the men's team, great appointment, uh, Steve Clark. Um Going to be different now because you know what you done, Mark, with Kilmarnock when mm. they came in, they were relegation, weren't they? Basement boys. Yeah, they, they, were, they were bought on the and table they, without a victory that season, I think. They came yeah. in October, yeah. And, they, and he took them to the Dizzy Heights, uh, European football, and he's walked away with his, hell, his head held high mm-hmm. into the Scotland national job, and I'm very, very proud of that. And I think he'll do, do very well. and. I hope they do very well against Cyprus on Saturday. Yeah. If I can come back in, would you think, Mark and Alison? Yeah, yeah. I mean, I, I fancy Scotland to win on Saturday. I think we've got to win to put a marker down and show that we're on the right road. What, what all you can see at this moment, Ian, is I think everybody, pretty much ninety-nine percent of the nation, shares the optimism. Um, has applauded the SFA because believe it, it's the right appointment. It's hard to argue with that appointment. So that they basically got the, the best man um, available. For sure, and it's now up to to Steve Clark, his backroom team, and the players to go and try and do it and get Scotland over the line by whichever way, whether it's through this method of the current qualifiers or through the playoff. Just find a way to be at the Euros um, next summer. Um, if it doesn't go to plan, then it just doesn't go to plan. You can't criticise the SFA because, like I said, this time, you know, for sure they have got the best possible candidate that they could get. Yeah. Can I come back, Alison? Of course you can. Mark, that was well said there. Uh, I agreed with every word you said there as well, mm-hmm. mate, because you're, no ve- you're very rarely wrong, mate. But, um, Alison, can I see a couple of points about Celtic? Of course you um, can. You were talking about it. They were talking about it last week. Um, obviously, Neil, Neil Lennon getting a job. People saying it's a cheap option. Um, I don't think it is a cheap option. He knows Celtic inside out. He started the... the the trophy search itself um, and he's here to finish it I'm not talking about 10 in a row we've got to do 9 in a row first and Rangers will throw everything out the pram to stop 9 in a row but going to players we've got to make any team there Mark um, and I'll say we need a right back because I think Lustig's um, going to go back to Sweden uh, we need a backup to Kieran Tierney I would say we need another centre half a number 10 in the middle of the park. Another strike and a backup goalkeeper. That's six players, Mark. Uh, what's your take on that? And do you agree with what I'm saying? 
Uh, yeah, I mean, certainly there, there could be a, quite a bit of work to do uh, defensively. There's no doubt that the, the sign of a right back is one of the priorities, potentially a centre half, potentially um, cover for, for left back, or potentially a first choice left back because Kieran Tierney will be coveted uh, this summer, and, and I would expect Celtic to have bids to consider uh, for Kieran Tierney over the next um, few weeks. So that's one to keep an eye on, probably. Um, and the number nine, and, and I think very quickly, I noticed you know Neil Lennon talking about it the past 24 hours, Celtic have got a right good number nine in, in Odson Edward, and uh, he'll be there next season. They also have a right good number nine in Lee Griffiths, but he very quickly, and I'm talking about very quickly, in the next two or three weeks, needs to show that he's up to it. And he yeah, has I agree with to go and make a positive contribution um, this season. So he'll be given a chance by Neil Lennon for sure and he has to go and grasp it and show. If not, then Celtic need to go and find a, another quality striker because if, if, if for whatever reason Lee Griffiths isn't ready, um, then they can't afford just to go with uh, Odson Edward mm. again. You know, that's just too much of a gamble. Ian, do you want to come back in? Well, I'll tell you now, I can't, I can't, I can't put any more. I mean, he's right. Uh, I just seen a wee, I just seen a wee quote, Mark. You might have seen it uh, in your paper. You've been a sports journalist. You might have noticed it as well, Alison. Mm. Uh, Barcelona are looking for a backup for. Is it? I think it's Jordi Alba. Uh, and I've quoted Kieran Tierney, uh, just under thirty million euros, which equates to about twenty six point six million. Now. Is that his left? Is that his left peg or his right peg? No, so, I mean, so Ian, I've, but, not, I've not seen that line. So just to clarify, are you saying that's what Celtic have quoted or what Barcelona appear to be, um, you know, uh, valuing Tierney? At? Uh, looking at is it is it is it Mundo the the, the Spanish Mundo. footballer from La? Uh, I it's I've, I've I, I go into all the I go into all the sites, Mark. Mm. No, and and I, I go through all the football sites, and it, the boy just. Happy birthday to him as well. He just turned twenty-two today as well, so he did. Um, he's he's a class act, and he's been playing. He's been playing through the pain barrier all season, and he still managed to play over forty odd games, Mark, mm-hmm. which is a great season. But I the, the the figure twenty-six point six million um, Barcelona um, are are quoting. I don't think Celtic has put a price on it yet, Mark. They're valuing it at 30 million, but they're also saying that Barcelona wouldn't be willing to pay that much because they have other options there as well as so the Spanish Kieran media are basically saying the, that Celtic the Spanish have media are saying that yeah right. are saying that Celtic have yeah. said it would be 30 million euro, which is as you say 26.6 million pounds. Yeah, brilliant, Alison. Thanks very much for having us right. and uh, enjoy the rest of the show. Thank you, Ian. Thanks, Ian. Cheers. I mean, as that's stage of the season that we're going to read a lot about these things you mentioned some Celtic some players linked with Celtic as well and one that's come out today is Phil Jagielka after his Everton departure there was rumours of him going to Rangers last week that was uh-huh. um, kind of shot down at the time so now the suggestion is that he's been linked with Celtic yeah I mean I, I, I dare say that those kind of players are, are, are quality um, and uh, you know certainly if, if Celtic Thought about getting them. If Rangers thought about getting them, I mean, Rangers need a right good centre half as well. Mm. Um, and Celtic, um, you know, probably looking for one too. So, um, depending on what happens with Benkovic and stuff. But so, yeah, a guy like Phil Jagielka, would he be a good ad- addition to Celtic or Rangers? Um, absolutely, I think Phil Jagielka still got a lot to offer. Yeah, 36. Is that the kind of player that you think that the clubs will be looking at? Or are they going to be looking at 
younger players with maybe a I, bit of longevity. Yeah, I mean, I, ideally, you know, you, you, you'd be looking at the at the model, and I know it's a model that Rangers want to go down mm. as well. You know that you know buy for a million or two, get two really good years, and try and sell for eight, yeah. nine, ten, eleven, twelve. You know that's the ideal scenario, but that doesn't work in every circumstance. And you know what you might be looking at is you know, for example, um, if you think that. Christopher Ayer is maybe your number one set of half He's good, he's got a lot of potential But he's young So you might think, well, you know Partnering somebody like Jagielka To help with the development of Ayer as well And stuff like that And bring him in uh, Is good You look at Rangers, Connor Goldson um, More experienced But you look at first team games And that's his longest season Most games that he's, he's played at a first team level Beside you, you've, you've got Katic Who, you know, started okay at Rangers And kind of lost his way But maybe just found the whole kind of thing You know, quite Quite big for him And yeah. just to adapt mentally to it Then start to get in a game again Towards the end of the season So could you see having Somebody like Jagielka The way they've got a Jermaine Defoe And a Stephen Davison Yen there Absolutely you could see that one too Because he must be attractive There's no transfer fee um, if all, He I'm brings saying, in that experience yeah, The quality And cheap. it's not yeah. I'll say, I mean, he'll, 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 he'll get a right few quid in wages But when you weigh it up You might think you know what, that, That's something worth pursuing Yeah. This is Clyde One Super Scoreboard We're back after the travel with Amber Clyde One Super Scoreboard with Thompson's personal injury solicitors. Compensation. They know the score. Talk to Thompson's.com. Mark Guidi here with me, Alison Conroy, tonight on Clyde One Super Scoreboard through until seven o'clock. I want to go straight back onto the phones and we've got William and Ridry. Hello, William. Hi, Alison. How are you doing? Good, thank you. Uh, I'm phoning up to about Alfredo Morelli. Yeah. I don't think Rangers should sell him. If we could just. Uh, not misbehave on the park how many goals would he have scored for Rangers this season and how close would the league title have been do you think that's something that he can change in his game well you don't want to change it too much because that's obviously who he is but if he can just curb it a wee bit and don't, don't be so stupid then we'll make a proper challenge for next season Mark there was a real frustration from Stephen Gerrard at yeah. points over the last season about Alfredo Morelos and that disciplinary problem that he had yeah you know because you know he's he's a 30 goal a season yeah. striker all day long you know Williams right had he not been suspended last season he'd have been probably high 30s 37, 38 might even have got to, to 40 you never know um, because after he gets suspended after the old firm game he missed games on the back of that as well because you know Jermaine Defoe came in and played very well and, and couldn't be left out the starting lineup. So yeah, listen, if if I'll, I think what Stephen Gerrard will do again is probably have a heart to heart with him and say, look, you need to, we need to be able to trust you. I as a manager need to trust you. Your teammates need to be able to trust you because you watched them in certain games, you know, one, once or twice against Aberdeen, you could see the players that like Scott Arfield and the ones. It was also as if they were concentrating so much and. Help Morelos keep out of trouble. It was maybe affecting their, minds, their yeah, own game, you know. Game. So you can't have that either. So if he is to be trusted, and Stephen Gerrard believes he can be trusted, there is no doubt he's an asset, and he can help Rangers achieve things next season. If there's the slightest bit of doubt, and you have got a good offer from you, know, if you've got in excess of ten million quid, ten or over, you would have to look very, very seriously about taking it. Because the other thing as well, you're hearing one or two things from Columbia that he, he is restless and he wants to move on. So Stephen Gerrard needs to look me in the eye and say, well, what do you want to do here? Do you want to be here? And if he gets any kind of, any, the slightest bit of negativity towards it, then they, they probably need to look at cashing, cashing in on him. William, do you think you can hold on to him? Yeah, definitely. I think, as Mark said there, I think Gerrard will obviously have a heart-to-heart with him and say, mm. listen, you need to cut out all the stupidness. 
when EJ, the teammates in EJ and all that. And the other point with Glenn Kamara is there is no way in hell chance Rangers will sell him. He's going to be next season, if he continues the way he's been playing, he's going to be worth 15, 20 million easily. Remember, he was, already through, he was already through the youth ranks at Arsenal. So he's a quality player. Glenn Kamara was, was first class for Rangers in the second half of the season. I, I had my Definitely. doubts about him uh, William. when I watched him a few times at Dundee I thought he was tidy but didn't think he was going to go and rip it up at, uh, at Rangers but you have to give him a, a lot of credit he settled in very well as an asset very comfortable you know coped with the, the, the 50,000 crowd no problem at all the, the, the mentality issues he ticked um, all the boxes so there, there's, there's no doubt that for whatever Rangers paid for him 40, 50, 60 grand uh, a first class piece of business and it'll be interesting to see how he grows but yeah he could become part of that kind of identikit that, that you know all the clubs in Scotland are looking to you know buying cheap making a big contribution over a couple of years and then you know try to sell on for big money I think I think as well see when Rangers lost Morelis and Kent uh, before the Motherwell game Gerrard changed the midfield and went with Arfield on the left hand side playing through so he's got that spare role basically and Rangers looked like a completely different team the way we were playing the last few games of the season was absolutely excellent mm-hmm. yeah it was certainly you know the the, the Morelos' suspension you know forced them to, to look at things and, and obviously bring in Jermaine Defoe yeah. and tweak it a wee bit and Defoe you could see but a really good relationship with, with Scott Arfield as you say Scott Arfield had his position tweaked as, as well William so there was a lot of positives um, to take um, out of that but it's a it's a clean slate there'll be new players coming in um, again as I've been debating there for the last two or three minutes what is going to happen with Alfredo Morelos that is one to keep um, an eye on because I'm sure that Rangers will have bids for him as well to consider and uh, we'll wait and see what happens in that one Alfredo Morelos has always made no secret of the fact that he fancies a crack at the Premier League. Yeah, yeah, and and like we say, will Rangers get bids from from the Premier League for him? I dare say that, that well, there is interest in him, you know, at at, at the highest level, um, Alison. But will will the interest turn into bids in terms of bids at Rangers? You know, it, you know, let's put it this way: if it's going to be five, six, seven million quid, Rangers won't entertain that, yeah. and rightly so. But if you're getting to the ten. And upwards, and that's something that you've actually, as a football club, you, as a business, you've got to sit down and look at. And for Stephen Gerrard again, because you say, "Oh look, my budget's going to be enhanced by ten million quid." That can then go and get me two or three. Because I don't think Rangers are overly far away. You know, I don't think they need a lot of numbers already. Get three players signed, um, middle to front um, area. So they're just looking at two, maybe three real bits of the best quality they can get to bring in, and they're definitely a right good shout. Does it come into it how much that disciplinary record is going to affect us? Oh, Peterborough chairman Dara McAnthony was slating that record. He questioned whether the striker could cut it in the Premier League. It started because he was saying that Jay Adams was worth £20 million and the Rangers fans were coming in saying that Alfredo Morelos is worth way more than that and at that point he said, yeah. but his disciplinary record is it, so bad. Yeah, I mean, we, we see Morelos up here every week and we see he's, he's a right good goal scorer. Yeah. I think of the quality of his goals at Petordi against Aberdeen some wonderful finishes you know poacher in around the box um, as well so he's, he's a quality finisher there's no doubt about that Shea Adams has been doing well at, at Birmingham that right when yeah. uh, Alec McLeish was mm-hmm. thinking about bringing him in as well checking out his, his heritage um, so what, what you find down the road Alistair, is that the, the people down there rate the championship higher than they do our 
um, Scottish Premier League So yeah. he's down there Having only seen snippets Of um, Alfredo Morelos But he's maybe seen a lot more Of Shea Adams So you can understand Why he would do it And then why Rangers supporters People up He's like, Oh well If Adams is worth 20 Then Morelos has got to be worth 20 If uh-huh. not more So you can understand Both sides of the argument Fitzy on Twitter At Clyde <gasps> SSB Is um, saying Can I ask Mark On what basis Rangers can ask For £10 million For Alfredo Morelos Well they can ask For 20, 30, 40 yeah, Rangers can, can ask For whatever they want It's up to if anybody wants to pay it but I'm saying looking in the bracket now yes there's a bit of baggies there obviously in terms of you're taking a bit of a gamble because of the disciplinary issues but whether it's Stephen Gerrard or any other manager you sit down you look him in the eye and, and you, you'll get a feeling for that as well Alison mm. but do I think Morelos is in the £10 million bracket if it's clubs from, from down south yeah because they do spend that comfortably on, on, is, on is squad Is there a case that sometimes mm. we undervalue the players? Up here, we, we, we can do, um, or maybe you know, we, we can do. The bottom line is, it's it's what appears an email black and white yeah. to Stuart Robertson's office, and then he says, Yep, that's fine, he'll take there'll be some that he won't even bother with, and there'll be some that he'll take to, to, to Stephen Gerrard. They'll have a discussion, they'll discuss it with Dave King. Say, Is this what we're looking for? And Stephen Gerrard will say, Well, yeah, actually, I think we should cash in because I could, what am I going to get out of that? Or they say, No, we're wasting our time, there's no point in taking. Five million quid because we're not going to get to be able to replace him. Because remember, yes, he's got the baggies, but despite that, thirty or twenty nine, thirty goals for yeah. Rangers last season. So you know you've got to get it right because you can't just you can't just let somebody that's going to get you thirty goals just go for you know on the cheap. No, no way. Looking at Celtic and they're planning to turn Barrowfield into a state-of-the-art training complex. They've submitted planning permission to the council to revamp the old first-team centre to include one of Scotland's largest indoor football arenas. It will continue to be used for the academy and the women's squads, but Neil Lennon's players would also be able to use it during bad weather. Any Mm -hmm. more football facilities in Scotland can only be a good thing. Yeah, absolutely, and it will be welcomed by by Neil Lennon. you know, as we know, Celtic have got an indoor facility at Lennox Town, but you know, it's probably maybe what, a seven a side pitch, yeah. eight a side pitch. It's not a full mm-hmm. size one, so that's something that they've probably been been craving um, for. And uh, the the plans are, are there, and uh, for Celtic, they obviously want them rubber stamp. But yeah, any good facility um, has got to be welcome. And if it can open its doors at certain times for the wider uh, community as well, all the better. Because in terms of these indoor facilities, there aren't that many. We've got Orium. In Edinburgh, I think you've got Ravenscraig and Tory Glen. Yeah, yeah, there's not many um, at all. It'd be nice to um, to have more dotted around the country, and hopefully in time um, we will have. But Celtic are putting plans at that um, in place to give them two first class training uh, facilities and all the better, and also too if it's been you know to help the academy and to help the women's team, it's going yeah. to be full time. Then you know absolutely can they all work out at Lennox Town? Just not possible. Because we were speaking about the women's game and the publicity it's getting and trying to make it better. And Celtic are one club that are putting more money in because they want to be able to compete with the likes of Glasgow City and Hibs who dominate. So better facilities can only improve the quality of of their game as well. Yes, and again, putting the business head on, Alison, you, you know, women's football in terms of sponsorship, you know, looking at it as a business as well, it's only going to get bigger and bigger and bigger. So if you're putting plans in place just now um, for that and, you know, taking it, you know, women's football, you know, seriously and, and properly, it'll be a chance to, to, to make money as well. Now, how that works, uh, if they run the, the, the women's football 
as its own entity within it. I don't know or if everything just goes into the pot. I'm not quite yeah. sure. But whatever way you work it, women's football is only going to get bigger. And in terms of revenue that it's going to make, it's only going to get bigger and better as well in the coming years. Well, let's stay with women's football. And Lee Alexander says Scotland's women are determined not to get caught up in the hype surrounding their opening group match at the World Cup. They've arrived in France ahead of Sunday's game against England in Nice. And the goalkeeper says they need to treat it just like any other match. It's a game. Um, it's obviously the opener, our first game in a World Cup finals tournament. Um, we didn't really see too much of the game. You can read into it as much as you like, um, but as soon as the whistle goes on, on Sunday, it's it's a game of football um, and form goes out the window at times, especially. You look at it as Scotland-England, you'd say it means more to Scotland, it's a big rivalry. Um, obviously, it's our first game. We want to go in and make sure that, that we perform well and we do Scotland proud. Um, and obviously, being a tournament phase, we want to make sure that we start off well. But I don't think we read too much into what they've been doing. I think we have to make sure that we're focusing on ourselves. Do you think it means more to you? She's obviously talking about the fact that Scotland won their final warm-up game against Jamaica, whereas England lost their final New warm-up. Zealand. It's like to New Zealand, yeah. 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 I, let's say I was there. It was good, but you know... Obviously, we, we want Scotland to win. There's no doubt they'll, they'll have a chance. They'll, they'll go there optimistic, but they are facing a very good England team. Um, yeah. Alison, let's not forget. Yeah, they did lose to to New Zealand, but they're they're a first class um, football team. But I just think come Sunday, we'll all be looking forward to it, and hopefully they can get a positive result to go and build on for the other games in the section uh, against Japan and, and Argentina. But I would imagine without knowing. Um, much at all about Japan and Argentina I would imagine that this England game will be the toughest one in the section Yeah and you can't look too much into results before that Scotland no. of course beat Brazil yeah. a few months ago as they were warming up for the World Cup it was a very different Brazil side as to yeah. what has been in years gone by but Scotland's women are going into this World Cup in probably the best form that they could be Aye and you know the quality of their goals you know, the individual strikes uh, the 25-30 yarder for, for the equaliser against Jamaica from Erin Cuthbert in the free kick, the set piece, and then the um, the, the 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 planned um, set piece from the corner kick for the for the winning goal. You know something off the training ground as well. So there's no doubt that Shelley Kerr would have been delighted. Mm. I think they've got a really good central defensive partnership as well with Jane Beattie and and, and Rachel Corsi too. So and you know really good fullbacks got them down the park. So I I think Scotland can go and acquit themselves very well do I think they can qualify for the next stage of the World Cup yes I do expect them to get out of the section more and more people have been talking about the women's team and the women's game but after that game against Jamaica last week it really seems to have ramped up because a lot more people watched it although there was a record crowd there a lot of people watched it on television I think were pleasantly surprised by what they watched as well because I think there are quite a lot of people that maybe never really thought I'm going to tune in and watch that aye no listen it's captured the nation's imagination there's no doubt about that and even in our own industry Alison you can see it you know yeah. the women's football are getting spreads every day in the paper you know the the, the, the media conferences with the gate of the spec three four five years ago there's maybe one or two people turning up now it's jam-packed you know sending out to the world cup you know full-time reporters covering etc etc and that's the way um it should be and that's why we all want to see Scotland doing well because you one or two people might not agree but I, I do think that it has, or it has a potential to have a further knock-on effect, positivity towards the, the men's national team too, for sure. Absolutely. Looking on Twitter, Andrew Connor has a question for you. What does Mark think of Celtic being linked with Brandon Barker? For me, that's not good enough and not what we need. Well, I remember Brandon Barker at, at Hibs when he was alone from Man City and certainly the, the, the one thing 
you know, electric pace, you know, pace um, to burn. Now, one mm-hmm. thing you would see is the, this is not an unknown player in terms of Neil Lennon. So if he does sign, if the, the interest is genuine and he does sign, then you have to trust that, that Neil Lennon knows him well. Neil Lennon, one of the, the, the positives of Neil Lennon getting the job, but he's had three months to properly assess that squad day in, yeah. day out. And if he thinks, you know what, I can get Brandon Barker on a free, or whatever the arrangement's going to be, all day long, I'm going to bring in. If it doesn't come to pass for whatever reason, you think, well, actually, he doesn't think he's better than what they've got. So that's why you just have to trust the manager's judgment. He's in the best place, more than me or anybody else, to go and call that one. Yeah, he's had a look. He says he's got his targets, but he won't give a figure because managers never do give you a figure. They're never going to say, I want eight players, I want six Aye. players. Yeah, because he'll not know as well, because at the moment, Alison, he'll have a plan... Uh, and I'll sat down with the backroom staff and with Peter Lawwell and we'll say, Do you know, at the moment we're probably looking at bringing in, I don't know, let's just say five yeah. for this, 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 this and this. And then all of a sudden, a bid comes in for someday uh, for 10 million quid and Celtic accept it and all of a sudden, well, actually, we now need six. Yeah. You know, but I've now got a wee bit more money in the kitty to play with. So at the moment, he'll have it, but that can change very, very quickly. This is Clyde One Super Scoreboard. We're back after the travel with Amber. Clyde One Super Scoreboard with Thompson's Personal Injury Solicitors, a team that gets results every week. Talk to Thompson's.com. This is Clyde One Super Scoreboard. We're through here until seven o'clock tonight. Let's go back onto the lines. We've got Alec in Parkhead. Hello, Alec. Hi, how are we doing? How are we doing, Mark? All right, Alec. I uh, I just had a quick uh, read uh, the the plans that Celtic are looking today for uh, the old Barrafield. As I was saying to the the producer, the lad, the a Stein Park kid and the difference the changes there between Celtic Park for and I'm forty seven. I'm going back, you know, I, I stayed just across the road for for Celtic Park and the changes, you know, it's for a Celtic point of view, it looks beautiful. But not even at that, just just endy, you know, if you're just a neutral I know the Rangers thing, but they're a neutral they total they've totally changed the landscape of the land there. Now they're talking about changing Barrafield. Now I used to get in here all Barrafield and watch Guys like Tommy Burns and Roy Aiken and all that. Now, obviously, they're going to pure bring it into the twenty-first century. The or the, the training pitches, outdoor pitches, a whole lot. Now, we're obviously we're trying to move forward on the field as well, and we're trying to stay off the field. But obviously, there's only going to be a limit that, that, that we can do because again, we're Celtic, we're in Glasgow, and there's only so far as we've said in even this programme that, that, that we can take you know what I mean so it's good to see that it's not just the football side of things that we're, we're, we're upgrading again round about the area Yeah I, you know, there, there's been an improvement um, you know there's no doubt um, about that uh, Alec and you know from a footballing point of view as, as we mentioned earlier um, you know if it's going to be a revamp of another uh, training facility that's you know going to help um, the academy and um, give them, you know, good facilities. Or, you know, I don't know the the setup of how it works. You know, uh, from a from a timing point of view between the first team and everybody else working at Lennox Town. But, you know, if you're carrying ten, twelve, fourteen youth teams and reserve teams and first teams, and then the women's football is going to be full time, mm-hmm. so they're, they're going to need um, more space. And, and clearly, they've got a facility there that they want to go and try and do something. Like that. So yeah, it, it's to be welcomed. Can I just obviously the, the the negativity regarding Neil? Now I came on the show and I did say I said obviously Neil's manager. Now the the, the guy's not even get his feet under his desk yet, and I think it was, was it the guy that was on last night. You and 
Cameron or something. I can't remember his boy's name. But anyway, he was saying that if he loses the first Old Firm game, he'll no see Christmas. Now, me personally with Neil, you know what you're getting with Neil Lennon. Neil Lennon started this journey. Now, we've played some great football under Neil Lennon. Neil Lennon has signed some great football players along with the, the, the boy John Park. So, I do, I, honestly, I don't understand where this negativity is coming from. I don't know if the Celtic fans thought we were going to get a big, high-class, whatever name. Me, personally, Neil knows what it is. Neil Lennon bleeds green and white. You know what I mean? He's one of us, and if he's the if he's the man to take his own this journey for 10 in a row and to be hailed a, a hero, whatever, I'm, it couldn't have, couldn't have went to a better guy. I mean, I think you're, you're right in terms of, you know, for, for any Celtic supporter, whether you agree with the decision to give Neil Lennon the job or not should now be irrelevant. You should then, you know, be supporting the guy to do well for your football club. I think Neil Lennon, you know, earned the right to go and do it. I think you'll see uh, a different Neil Lennon in well in terms of now that he's got next season, now that he's got it permanently. I think he was, you know, quite a bit of the time probably kind of tiptoeing around certain things uh, for the past few months, but now he can be himself because he'll know any manager will tell you you do it your way you, you know because if it doesn't work out you don't want to have any regrets so what you do is you do it your way you hope it works all I'd say is I, I, I you know personally I, I wouldn't get involved in 10 in a row chat because it's it's about first and foremost what's coming next and what's coming next is 9, nine in a row for Celtic to try and get it and it's going to be I think it's going to be a hell of a battle with Rangers next season I think we're in for a really exciting campaign I think it's going to be nip and tuck also we don't know we'll be better equipped to judge it come the end of August when we see the state of both clubs after the transfer window um, but uh, you know for me and I'm sure Neil Lennon would agree and certainly Stephen Gerrard and Pulit Rangers you know talking about about um, 10 in a row is absolutely for anybody it's getting ahead of yourself because you know you need to go and achieve the next one first Thank you to Alec and Parkhead. A quick look on Twitter about this new training facility to look at. Daz Hall reckons that Celtic should name the complex in honour of Tommy Burns. Yeah, I mean, there's there's, there's Tommy Burns, there's, there's Billy McNeil, mm-hmm. you know, there's, there's there's lots of people um, that you could say, you know, if you had to choose anybody um, of that ilk in terms of their service to the club, then, yeah, I don't think you would if you see anybody um, or hear anybody complaining um, uh, about it. So, yeah, I mean, there's certainly a lot of scope to go and, you know, try and do something like that. Let's go back on to the lines. We've got John Paul and Mary Hill. Hello, John. Hi there. Uh, regarding that complex, it's certainly not going to be named after Brendan Rodgers anyway. <laughs> That's for sure. <laughs> but, uh, uh, I was just wondering, up, um, and I agree with what you said there, Mark, in the last call about the next season. There's no point in talking about 10. Like, nine's going to be really tough to get. And... Uh, it's going to be a bit of a battle like you said but I just wanted to talk about Morelos and the, the whole the transfer fee uh, I, I think he's a good player don't get me wrong despite the fact that he hasn't scored against Celtic this season I think he's a good player and there's no doubt that he commands a transfer fee but just looking back at previous guys that have scored like a number of goals in the, in the Premier League like Michael Higdon 26 goals Liam Boyce 23 goals William Moult 31 goals you know there isn't like massive transfer fees for those guys and yeah. um, so I, I just I don't think Morel, I, I personally at one point about three or four months ago there was chat on Super Scoreboard about him going for the Dembele dollars like 20 million and all that and I, I certainly don't think he's in that bracket I think he's 
somewhere between five and ten million if that was if, if, if that was what it was going to come in for him. But like you said, it's whatever someone's willing to pay. Yes, for but, but you know you, you've mentioned Higdon and and, and the Louis Moulton guys like that, which is is fair enough. But you've also got somebody like like Gary Hooper. I don't know how many Gary yeah. Hooper scored if he ever got to say I don't know off the top of my head, but Gary Hooper went for about six to Norwich mm-hmm. what, maybe five years ago or, or, or whatever yeah. it was. So you can throw it into equation. But if you if you look again, if you want to trace back history in terms of signings, John Paul, if you look at what you tend to find happening is, for example, so and so do well at Motherwell or St. Mirren or Patrick Thistle or whatever. And mm-hmm. Celtic arrangers are maybe going buy him and they'll get him yeah. for a million or two million quid. And he then goes and shows that he can do it at Celtic or he can do it at Rangers and all of a sudden he becomes an 8, 9, 10, 11, 12 million pound player particularly if they're, in, if they're into Europe and he scores a few goals in Europe or whatever his position maybe. Yeah. So if you look at it, that's the way it, um, it works. So you never get players leaving Motherwell for 10 million quid. It never happens. <laughs> so what you, what you do is you prove that you can step up to the next level. You can handle the mentality the spotlight day in day out, you can handle 40, 50, 60,000 punters um, as well, you know, watching your every move, etc, etc, etc. And therefore that's that's the way um, it works. So I, I know what you're saying in terms of that, but it doesn't really, you know, cut it when you look at it from that point of view. It, it does really cut what, what you're saying. Yeah, on that as well, I actually think Morelos should probably do better potentially down south without the pressure cooker environment of Scottish football and, and, and you know, playing against... Mm-hmm. You know, just being in Glasgow and you know, fifty thousand Ibrox and all the rest of that, I, 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 and, the, and the pressure to win like every single week, I, I think he potentially could do better down there without that because his disciplinary record before he came to Rangers wasn't anywhere near what it is yeah. at Ibrox. If yeah, you, look, if you right. look back, and yeah, it's 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 a it's a fair point. But one thing we know about him, he's got talent and he's he's got yeah, a disciplinary no problem. No just that you can't deny talent, the two of them. Talent, but yeah. if he can, as I say, look. Steven Gerrard look any potential suitor in the eye then you know there's no doubt at what is it 22 Alison mm. at 22 mm. years old that there is the, the the opportunity there for him to for the potential to be a really good signing for somebody or if Rangers believe he can just you know put the, the baggage to one side for the next 12 months he's got a chance to to go and help Rangers achieve their goals next season yeah alright well uh, thanks, for, thanks for having me on no worries Cheers, thanks John Paul that's an interesting take on it that if you take him out the pressure cooker of yeah. the old firm in Scotland that actually his disciplinary record could improve because he's not yeah. got that on his mind yeah um, and you know it depends as well if he is going to leave if Rangers decide to, to, to sell him then does he go to a club where he's going to be or start the season as a first choice number nine or is he going as a squad player you've got all that to take into account as well, but at the moment he's a he's a Rangers player. He's a twenty nine goal, thirty goal season. So he's a he's a big asset for them. And whether he stays and can do the same again, or whether he goes, you know, Rangers will be able to cash in as well. So we'll see what happens over the next few weeks. We were speaking about Phil Jagielka and Celtic earlier in the show. As is Scottish football, we now understand that Celtic are not interested in Phil Jagielka. Okay, well, yeah, that's that's one ruled out. So we'll, Alison, well done. We'll move away from that one. There'll be another <laughs> name tomorrow night, no doubt. At least one more, at least. Oh, at least. Um, Rangers have got a pre-season friendly arranged already. Blackburn Rovers will be coming to Ibrox on the 21st of July as Stephen Gerrard looks to build up to the new season. 
Yeah, and there's a few Sunday games in a row. I think there's Blackburn Rovers, there's Marseille, all, all you know, with Thursday night uh, Europa League uh, games, a draw for Europa League and for the Champions League qualifiers is made in a couple of weeks' time too. So exciting times ahead and Rangers putting their plans in place. And just quickly, Aberdeen doing their business early, a third signing in two days striker Curtis Maines joined yeah. the two year deal after his contract ended at Motherwell I like Curtis Maines I think he's got a bit to offer I can see why Derek hasn't McKinnis scored a lot of goals but yeah but that, I, I absolutely see to get him for nothing for Aberdeen I, t- I totally understand that one that is about it for tonight I'm back tomorrow night with Mark Wilson remember you can keep up to date with everything that's happening on Twitter at Clyde SSB and of course online at Clyde1.com Ryan Borthwick is up next with the chance to be at Transmit this summer Super Scoreboard with Thompson's Personal Injury Solicitors, a team that gets results every week. Talk to Thompson's.com.